Round Axe Radio. Hello, Tyler. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hey, what's up, Jake? How's it going? Great to see you. So uh, today, I'm very excited to talk to you about this uh, this whole subject that we have. Um, that I am to some degree unfamiliar with, but also aware of it through other shows and podcasts that I personally listen to, and kind of uh, I would say aesthetically aware of. Um, but I think. Uh, what what we're really going to get into today is a piece that you put out on your Tyler.Matthew.WS. <laughs> Matt, Tyler.Hughes, you know, we can we can say it like that, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it spells Matthews. It's Matthews, the, there we go. The we'll, website TLD. Yes, I love it. We'll have the links below. Um, the piece is called Christian Acceler- uh, Twitter Christian Accelerationism. Um, but I think just before we hop into that, just so everyone knows, that's what we're going to get into. Um, why don't we just have you briefly introduce yourself, uh, or how you're feeling today, if nothing else. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling okay. I might hope <laughs> not coming over too nasally, thankfully, but, uh, um, yeah, so I, I currently am, uh, an owner of like a pizza, a series of pizza restaurants now. <laughs> Very cool. Um, it's a family business I decided to jump into, but I'll get the very brief short thing is that before that I ran a, like a, you know, basically a tech startup kind of community, about 30,000 people here in St. Louis, um, called Venture Cafe. And then, uh, had, bef- you know, and along the way had been involved in various art and technology projects, uh, still on a board of a group called Fabricators Foundation, which supports like, you know, creative technologists. Uh, there's a lot of like open source projects that we've helped support there. Uh, and then, you know, we did some, um, some like, I don't know, underground shows, I guess, as we want to call it called, it was like a series called ONG, um, which was like a, a, you know, kind of a wink and nod to uh, Walter Ong, who's another um, thinker from St. Louis, who worked with McLuhan. But anyway, um, so yeah, that's what I did. So my background is like art and music and technology and, uh, and like business, I guess. <laughs> gotcha. And, and so I feel like that's uh, certainly like your public persona the most that I, I've personally seen out in the world. And uh, we've, we've had the great fortune uh, of collaborating together in various creative endeavors uh, through a little crew, for instance, I was part of called Biota with some great folks and friends of ours. And uh, so I, I've, it's been so exciting to, for, uh, to have worked with you in the past, but um, this piece that you shared, I think truly kind of introduced a space that I was less familiar with um, uh, as part of your, part of your life. Um, so I guess I'm curious to kind of have that background, uh, I guess, where, where does the, uh, you know, Twitter and accelerationism is maybe a piece I could see you writing, but then the Christian part adding to that, uh, I'm curious, you know, whatever you feel like, or feel comfortable sharing, um, sort of your background that would add that word to the, to the title for the piece. 
Yeah. I mean, it was primarily like, a. Um, I'd say that the reason why I even wrote it at all, just because it was something I had been noticing and was interested in, mm-hmm. but, but personally, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I've always been kind of somewhat involved in like, I, I just like tracking subculture movements yeah. and I've been doing that since I first got into music in like the early two thousands. But, um, I would say the Christian part to me was specifically interesting just because I was raised in the church. Um, I left the church, uh, got involved with DIY experimental scene, indie scene or whatever it was. And then eventually like the, um, and then, and then I actually, I, you know, I got, um, uh, you know, the jar as the jargon goes in the church world, I got saved. And then, uh, like my life changed in a lot of really good ways, but obviously my interests in like, you know, weird, uh, music and art or whatever was the same. And so for a long time, I was like, and especially in the aughts too, in the tens, like, or at least leading up to the tens, like Christianity was like very, very uncool. I think, uh, like, you know, you hit it behind irony or something like that. You're like, oh yeah, like Danielson from, you know, Danielson's cool and Sufjan, but that's about (laughs) as far as you're allowed to go. Yeah. And then, um, uh, so, you know, but like whatever. And then, Over time, though, I just started kind of like I would not say it over time, I'd say just very small dots here and there in the tens. I started noticing some interesting stuff. And then and then I'm really interested in the last like two years um, or I should say like 2019 on. I just started noticing some other trends. And then it was really recently when like all of a sudden, like all the very, you know, extremely online people were talking about, you know, just saying like praise God on Twitter all the time. So I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting to me. And I want to look into it more. And, uh, and it fit because I've, you know, as lame as it sounds, like I felt like I was the only guy into stupid stuff and, you know, in the church world. And I was like, I'd really like to see like an experimental noise worship set, but that's probably not going to happen. And then, um, and so when I found people like wanting to experiment with like, sacred music and stuff like that i'm like okay so this is something i'm personally very interested in in addition just to being like just marginally curious about so uh that's kind of where we led up to i guess to today um so so yeah so we need to see the two worlds kind of colliding uh is like very exciting for me (laughs) absolutely well and i guess in some way you know okay so we've kind of talked about the culture you've talked about uh, maybe the the sort of Christian background, but then I guess also the other part of this of maybe uh, less like the Twitter part, you know, less so as just a signifier of like the kind of the tech inter uh, interspace uh, inter what word am I saying like kind of where that hits the the three way intersection, I suppose. Um, I guess what has kind of been your your journey with tech in terms of like kind of adjacent to culture and and religion. So I uh, I would say I mean I've always been like generally interested in technology but i mean yes like everybody is sure. uh so i already can't help prevent it but um uh, i would say like in a more serious way i got involved in like a startup in like 2014 and that was my first experience with that kind of culture and, and world and i really liked it um but before that actually you know what i would even say back you know back in the like late 2000s i stumbled on net art on accident, um, I was trying to see how many domains Google owned with like adding a new zero every time since they're like <laughs> two O's. I got up to 50 O's in Google yeah. and I found a net art website and I was oh like, God. what is this? And <laughs> I was this artist named John Michael Bowling and I fell in love with it immediately. I, I, I was kind of like anti art at that time because I thought it was just like a very 
uh, like stuck up kind of, I didn't really like it. It's something like very navel gazing and like self, you know, just all self-referential. And, and then I found net art and I was like, it was like very funny to me, uh, but it was also very technical, you know, you know, you had to know how to code. So I just thought the two were very interesting. And um, that kind of led into my interest, I think, in technology even more. And then, you know, the startup, obviously that world is obsessed with tech. Um, and so I just had like a, gen- I'm not technical, but I've just had a general interest in technology forever. And then, you know, I got involved with like uh, crypto a little bit back in the day and then um, went to, you know, I would say what kicked off the real interest in like Web3 crypto was a show called the Gray Area Foundation, uh, that Gray Area Foundation hosted. It was like a decent, <clears throat> excuse me, a decentralized art show. Mm. And that was like in 2018. And I think that's what really kind of to start kicking off that interest to me in that space. And then, um, you know, and then now we're here and like everybody talks about NFTs all the time, whether they hate them or love them. But um, I find that like that section of the world really fascinating because um, startups made like just general business interesting to normal people. Like all of a sudden now, like there's artists launching businesses because they came from a technical background. So if you're like a net art person or a new media person, like you're somewhat technical usually. And if you're in that world, like you hang out with other engineers and engineers, hang, you know, and I'm also generalizing maybe the San Francisco kind of a culture more, but it was like, they already came with a, a, a like an appreciation or understanding of how to operate in the startup world. And then that started coming into the art world through them. And then with crypto and web three, like, now all of a sudden, like everyone's interested in finance. Like, so now it's like, you know, you'll go on Twitter and there's just like a bunch of like crazy, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just like, when, when has there ever been a time when like, when like crazy alt people are like talking about finance all the time, you know, like to me, that's just like fascinating. Like, okay, we, the culture just shifted. Like everyone's got, like everyone I know has like stocks and crypto, you know, it's, it's like, yeah. And, you know, even if they're like, you know, just like, you know, grungy, you know, crust punks or something, it's like everyone's got Robin Hood or something now. So, well, yeah, I I mean, I think, you know, not to attempt to answer the question necessarily, but I I think because obviously tools of like having an iPhone or something and being able to access these things and just the Internet in general allows for even you know, my God, an iPhone five or six is going to be pretty darn cheap, even by like 2018, like you're saying, maybe era. Um, So access certainly, but, you know, I think that even more so beyond that, it's like, I I think maybe our culture is getting to a point where we really want to explore all spaces. So like crust punks, you know, wanting to talk about tech or these spaces that they were kind of in, and like these net art Google with 50 zero or 50 O's space that, well, I mean, let's try to make some money. Yes. But like, let's also just bring ourselves into other new realms. And, and I, and I hate to maybe make it akin to similar things like this, but, you know, talking about like gauche subjects like money, like power, which also I think would be related to like religion in general. But I think even particularly in, I would say American contemporary spaces that like Christianity itself would be kind of like Hmm, there would have be this like question mark or be this thing that people would, you know, maybe feel is, is like an off topic subject or something that we just still don't talk about, which I, I, I think is kind of interesting considering all that access I just outlined, considering all of this um, tech that would kind of sort of flatten, you know, um, uh, the, the field for everyone. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm curious by that standard, then if, what do you then make sort of, you know, kind of keeping this on the subject of what we're talking about here is that like, 
if if sort of finance has entered the art tech uh you know diy grungy whatever word we want to use space where people would typically be very anti that like what is it about you think specifically with christianity as a culture as an aesthetic as whatever it is uh entering the chat if you would um what, what do you what do you kind of make of that kind of next space yeah i think um you know it's interesting because when i wrote this i actually had i you know i i didn't really expect a lot of people to even like like it or know what i was talking about and then i ended up getting a lot of people who reached out and even like dm me about it so it obviously hit some sort of interesting like no but i think the some of the people like in the web three space i think are like actively pursuing this i think like like um like Miladies, it's like a pfp nft art thing um and uh it's like i think there's like this interesting in one way it's like transgress i mean it's i don't want to say like oh christianity's punk like i you know that's like that <laughs> you can say that if you want you've been yeah i know it's you, like annoying when i hear that but it is like somewhat transgressive right now in america at least and uh i don't know i think it's like it's just interesting in general because it's not like a uh, we're doing it just purely for the irony. It's like, there's actually like an act, there's a sincerity that I noticed that I thought was the most interesting to me. Mm. Like if it was just for irony, like whatever people do that all the time, but it wasn't just ironic. And so, um, I think a part of that is, uh, so what I, let me, let me maybe step back and provide some context. The reason why I even started following people like online that I mentioned in this article was because, I would say 2020, I just started noticing a lot of people who I would expect to have been like maybe self-identified as progressive or like, or at least Democrat um, started like defecting. And that was interesting to me. I mean, some of them like really early on, like D Havanis or whatever, I don't remember how to pronounce her name, but like she got kind of like kicked out and she was like an, an OG, like net artist, you know? And um and I just started seeing like a couple people and then like, you know, Anna Kay is like a big one, obviously, like, you know, when I, when I was early Twitter days, like she was probably like the, at least for what I could tell was like the New York art kind of trendy gr group. And then like one day she kind of got like kicked out. And so then I just started noticing that like that list of people who are getting kicked out are defective. And they were like previously like leading edge artists in major metropolitan areas. Um, that list just kept growing. And then I think last year we saw a lot of that. And I think this year we'll probably see even more. I mean, like my, I have two private Twitter lists. One's called God pilled and the other one's called um, like post alt art dirtbag left or something. I can't remember <laughs> what I even called it. And, um, and it's like, uh, it's like, they just keep growing. Like, yeah. uh, and, and I think now that you've got, you know, podcasts like wet brain and, and contain, like that group is just like, now that there's like a beacon out there, now more people are like, oh yeah, actually like I, I do align with that, but I felt bad, I couldn't say it publicly before. Yeah. But I think there's some of that um, that's drawing out maybe some of those quote unquote God-pilled people. Mm -hmm. um, they feel like maybe more safe to talk about it or maybe they're just curious. I, I think there's a lot of them that are, you know, maybe just like just looking around and just like, oh, this is like a fun aesthetic. like. But I think it's actually a lot deeper than that. Yeah. And I think from the DMs I've been getting from people who I'd never guessed I got DMs from that are very interested in this, I think there's actually like a very serious uh, momentum here, actually. Yeah. Well, okay. That was incredible. Thank you for outlining that. Because, yeah, I, I wanted to sort of start like 
you know, not just immediately jumping in here, but I, I am kind of curious to hit certain points of this because I don't want to, I want people to go see it and look at this, this piece. But um, I think that, that what you're saying is that there's a depth here more than meets the eye and more than just like, oh, I have like an angel emoji or something or like as my like, you know, Avi or something. So uh-huh. um, I guess like, you know, so you start this off and I, I will quote things so you don't have to because that's how we do things around here. Um, yeah, kind of basic, what'd you say? I already forgot what I wrote anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but so what I think is just super like helpful for me as someone who read this and why I like just needed to talk to you about it. Like, see so if we've been in a moment of cultural exploration and appreciation of Christianity in both sincerity and post-sincerity, not in the 2000, 2010s, ironic, post-ironic way, but something less referential. It's more bottom left and right quadrant than what the church is used to. And you have this great tweet here from uh, the white pube that sort of like outlines, like, I guess, like, would you say that's kind of like, like, if it starts with the word sincerity, that's supposed to be like, kind of like the fifties, I suppose, like fifties era. Like when, when would you say that sort of starts that? Oh, I don't know. I guess like in my, the way I read it was like, I don't know. I, I, it could be anything, I guess, pre post sincerity. Sure. No, that's absolutely <laughs> um, true. Yeah. But yeah, I think, um, who knows? I don't know when that started. Uh, I guess it's always been there and it's always will be, but I think like the no. post sincerity, the irony thing came around like the 2000s, right? Sure, right. Uh, with like hipsters and stuff. Um, and then like the post irony was like 2010s and then all of a sudden like meta modern kind of stuff started seeping in and right. and people were like, okay, it's really not cool to have to always be ironic. Like, can we get a little more deeper it's than awesome. that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, the word I'm hearing now is like, people being like irony poison. <laughs> so, uh, I, I love these terms, but uh, anyway, yeah. I, so I think, I think like for me where that starts is like sincerity is like anything pre 2000. Yeah, no. And I think that's really true. Cause I'll be honest. Like I, <laughs> I actually, I sent your piece to a bunch of different people, especially people that have been raised in like the Catholic church, uh, which, you know, is, is specifically kind of what I, I'm particularly, I was, I was baptized Catholic. Uh, I was not confirmed. I, you know, would go to the church on holidays with my, with my, uh, like elder family, grandparents and stuff. Um, but I have a lot of friends, you know, I'm from St. Louis. So a lot of Catholic school involved there. <laughs> a lot of yeah. friends have attended. Um, and I'm kind of just curious to see, like, especially different spaces where, um, kind of like where they've kind of re- quote unquote recovered in some people's cases from those things and not, and like what they kind of made of, of this sort of aesthetic. And I, I will say a lot of people, like the vast majority of people were like, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't understand anything that was said in this, <laughs> which yeah. I thought was like, like a normal like, person would say. Yes, precisely. So, and you know, so, um, but I, what I, I just, a healthy life. Totally. Um, I, and the reason why I'm saying this too, is just to kind of back up again, what, like kind of a sort of painting the scene here, because, um, I ended up talking, uh, a, a bit with, with my mom who is gen X. My mom is like in her early fifties and, uh, I, I don't mean to out her here. This is just an example, but you know, that like, she's gone through the Catholic church. She experienced all of these things. And I wouldn't say that. I'm not going to say how she feels. I'm just going to say what she had said about kind of like her generation's feelings. And I think that's important to know because, you know, if sincerity was like, let's say boomers, like boomers were in here, like very sincere about their religion, no irony there, that Gen X would then be like, okay, the pendulum's going to swing, you know, but of course, some people might say that happened in like the sixties, which is not, you know, Gen X per se. Um, and that she's felt that like, that was what she noticed that people were just very, 
not into these spaces, not into these things. And I just think if nothing else, you know, there's these cycles, like I kind of consider Gen X to be sort of like 80s adjacent always. So like 30, 40 years later, you know, we're, we're getting into like, I guess the 2000s, 2010s, like we're saying, there's this, this irony kind of post-ironic space. And then now even, God, 10 years after that, which makes me feel old, um, <laughs> that you are getting to a place now where there's kind of this amalgamation of all of those feelings at once. And then the internet becoming even more prevalent and having space phones in our pockets, making it even more readily available. So I think what like this gets to at the very end uh, of this particular white viewpoint where it's, uh, or it says uh, the disillusion of the boundary between irony and sincerity, they are now the same. And in parentheses, it says where Zoomers are, which I think is more of a point of saying like, what's the current moment? And yeah. it's, it's outlined as post, post, sincere, ironic, insincerity, which I think is maybe initially hard to follow, but I think is actually like super effective and was actually really, really like enlightening and clear for me as, as like a sort of lightning point. So do you feel like we've outlined this well enough, sort of? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I think you made a good point on the, on the generational divides too, on the sincerity, post-sincerity. And if people read that, like the tweet thread, like above it, it helps kind of like walk you through like the mental, you know, jumps you got to get to, to that post that I embedded. Okay. But yeah, um, totally. And so that's just kind of like the general background. Here's where we are, blah, blah, blah. But then getting into, I guess, where these aesthetics are happening in spaces of like net art and memes, or as you say here, memes, imagery, art, music, and creative projects are cropping up all over Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. Um, so you have this tweet here that says, uh, that's listed from at uh, Jackson Dame. Uh, when will the blockchain give its heart to Jesus Christ? And I, you know, I, I think that's said somewhat in jest. I noticed the responses to that were like, a lot of them, frankly, were like, no, just like stop or like, yes, or like prayer hands or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I guess I send to you to just like grill you because you have to as a guest, you know, <laughs> you, gotta host, you know, like, is that something that's possible? Because I feel like and, and, and maybe that was said in jest and supposed to be a joke to some degree, but what I'm, I'm curious about is beyond just the aesthetics, quote unquote, of like art that depicts things in Christianity. I think what is so much a part of our society being post-ironic is that we're looking for depth. We're looking for sincerity. We're looking for guidance. We're looking for spirituality in a very broad sense. So, and then as it's hitting a space of tech and art and finance and religion that at what might be the intersection of blockchain and Jesus Christ particularly. Um, and so I, I, I'm kind of curious if, if there's any thoughts there that you've had that sort of have just, let's just say a two-way intersection of tech and religion and, and, and what you kind of see those, those spaces meaning at those intersections. Um, yeah. So there's, there's a couple points, I think. Um, so there's like, um, and I won't, so there's like a couple of things. There's like one, there's like this whole, there's like pocket of like what is called like network spirituality, which I, to be honest, I don't know a whole lot about. I've, it's read, it came up in like some old, maybe some rhizome post or something. Mm -hmm. I don't really know a lot about that space other than like what I think is interesting from my point of view, the spot that I do know more about is like, um, and actually I just, I just like tweeted it today. It was a, it was a quote from Walter Ong. And uh, like I said, he was one of the guys who worked with Marshall McLuhan back in the 60s here, actually in St. Louis at SLU. And uh, so um, it was, uh, could the cry of Nietzsche's madman, God is dead, 
uh, derive from the fact that he cannot be readily found by the old signs and the newly organized sensorium where the words stand in such different relationship to the total complex uh, of awareness by which man earlier situated himself in his life world. Basically, like to me, um, technology, what happens is like changes the way that we even like interact with, and it's like subtle, right? You don't notice it's happening until it's already gone or until it's fully integrated. But like, I think what happens is technology, especially in these kind of like, you know, the internet or, or media in general, TV, like um, these things change the way that we think about the world and about relationships to each other. And it changes like everything about us. And, um, and I'm like, look, I'm not a theorist. I'm not like an intellectual or academic. So like I could be interpreting these things all wrong. I'm probably interpreting them all wrong. But to me, what was interesting about that though, is that like, is that we haven't, so for like the Christianity thing, like around that time when people thought, you know, that whole statement that, you know, God is dead or whatever, it was like, oh, we've moved on into modernity. And that's a point where like, we are more in tune with science and God was an old way to explain the world. And this is the new way. But what Ong was saying there was that we just hadn't known what to look for now that we've got this new kind of environment instead of relationships. And it's taking us a while to figure out where we are in relation to God in this moment. And um, I think uh, to me, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and uh, there was actually, you know, anyway, I, I was going to say, there's another tweet that I had about, you know, like the first computer science degree was from like a, like a nun or whatever. And that oh, like wow. the whole idea that like religion and technology, you know, don't go together is some sort of weird misconception that modernity kind of like told us, you know, like, oh, hey, like, it's always been the secular um, but in reality, it really typically is not um, for most of humanity, right? And so um, to me, I think it's like we're rediscovering what that means to be in relationship with God again. And I think, um, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't, I, I'm still trying to grapple with, with the current tech and spirituality. Like I feel something there, like when I like surf the internet or when I look at like a technical diagrams, like I can feel some sort of relationship to like, something spiritual, but I don't know how to articulate it yet. I would say the only thing I've been able to articulate, or at least I, I guess like understand was when I was Googling something about, um, about uh, just decentralization. And there's a, it was a, if you just like Google, like, you know, decentralization, I think even like the images pulls up like, uh, you know, like a series of networks. And one was like a centralized network, one was a decentralized, and one was a distributed network. And to me, immediately, the first thing that came to my mind was the church, right? So I think like post-Constantine, when like Rome made it like official and organized, um, it became highly centralized. And that was like the institutionalization of the church. And then it became westernized. And that's when like the decentralization started to happen, where you have all these like, you know, Protestant churches, and there's networks, but they all go to a central node, but there's a lot of them. Um, but there's still a hierarchy that's pretty obvious. And I think what we're about to go into right now is distributed, where it actually goes back to like pre-Constantine, like Jesus Christ era, like home church networks. Mm. And I think that technology is kind of helping us remember what that actually looked like at one point, where the church was actually purely decentralized, or I would say distributed at one point. And the interesting thing to me about that is that's also the highest way a uh, form of like security because like in a distributed mode it's like a blanket of nodes everywhere that all connect right if you take one out like 
the message just reroutes. Uh, it doesn't actually affect the travel of information. You'd have to take them all out to stop it. Oh. Um, whereas like with decentralized and, and, and obviously centralized, you take out a big node. Well, in decentralized, you take out a big node, you take out like a lot of communication. So like if you took out like the Protestant church, like half the, you know, a big portion of the church is gone, right? Uh, take out the Catholic church, like the second big, you know, the, the largest denomination is now gone. Um, so anyway, that was like the only thing that's like really struck me. And I'm sorry, that was kind of a long ramble, no, but like, no. I don't, I don't, to be honest, I'll, I would just say this, I don't know what's yet in store. I think there's more, it's just a gut feeling. Um, but it's something it's like, I don't know, right now I'm like more excited about like art and technology and innovation and, and just spirituality in general right now, I think. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> I, I feel like, so just to kind of go very back to the beginning of what you were just saying, of like, you're saying like, as you're, I don't mean to make it sound so small, but like, as you're like on the internet, as you're like finding things, able to access points, like the, like just in some space of that, that there's a spirituality that you feel the sense of like connectivity sort of. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the analogy is like closer to like some sort of church experience or something. I don't really, I don't know. Like I, sir, I just remember like early, like late 2010, like, I mean, early, early 2010s, late 2000s, like just like surfing the net was like a, it was like a drug experience for some reason, <laughs> you know, like it sounds stupid. I know, but like, you know, Timothy Leary talked about that in the nineties and stuff, but like it does, it is weird to me. And maybe I'm just like overly emotional or sensitive, but it like, it really felt like this is really fascinating. And you know, like to connect with people on like some sort of like level, I don't know. It, it was just interesting. Absolutely. Well, I, 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 I think it's, I, I, I often think about this, you know, from like our, like, we often forget that we are like, you know, we have these like animal experiences of, of being, uh, you know, just here on this earth and that like things of, for lack of a better term, like automation, let's say like just opening a new tab is like an automation of some sort of like, I, oh, I'm curious about XYZ here. I'm going to go do this thing. Or like, Hey, did you hear about this thing? The amount of community and, and connectivity that we're able to have and access to information is a sort of like utopian experience to some degree, despite, you know, ads and all the stuff that we are not happy about. And what I believe some people say that we're in like web 2.5 right now, and that we're headed towards, oh, uh, you know, this sort of even more utopian web, web three that, you know, I hear all of our favorite podcasts talk about. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm curious that like, you know, what I all, I, you know, a lot of people, when they talk about like video games, they talk about like, user experiences they talk about all these things that you're able to like have these discussions about from like a philosophical perspective and i i what i what i get kind of caught up in in some of these things where and it sounds maybe a little reductive but it's like i i don't want to like necessarily reinvent the wheel when talking about these things because what we're just doing is real life just in on a computer you know video game is you are now that character and doing your thing like you're you need to do these tasks and whatever is told of you and whatever the structure is of that space and it like isn't that deep <laughs> to say but it also is because i think that the amount that we're able to do beyond our physical selves and our immediate community through something like the internet or a decentralized space or just even like i, I mean for god's sake on, on on discord or something you know that the amount of connectivity we can have still has that like euphoric feeling that I think is also kind of an interesting note of like where we are within technological technological spaces. Um, so I think when we talk about like spirituality, that I think that you know it's a very broad term um, that that we're all able to kind of access this very generalized sort of feeling of of access 
and, and this sort of euphoric feeling of connectivity, uh, despite being physically not together, that I, I, I'm, that part I'm not necessarily scared of because we are still terrestrial, you know, and this is maybe off on another tangent. Um, but what I, I think is that we're just finding new modules, like you said, new models to, you know, cite our friends and people that we listen to uh, for those kinds of things. So um, do you think it's that simple to some degree? Like it is just, oh, we have new technology, we can connect better. Or is there something even further that like being able to have this access even even more so can can us, can connect us further and, and have a, 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 an even more utopic IRL experience besides our URL experience? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I think I don't, I don't think we have really any idea like what this is doing to us as like creatures, you know, like, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm generally way more open to technological development. I know already there's, there's always risk involved. And I think that um, as long as we're paying attention, I, I mean, it oscillates, right. I mean, like everyone was all in on like, yeah, there's like this very utopian California ideology kind of aspect of like the internet. And then web two, Web 2.0 actually in the very beginning was also very kind of like sharing and like um, about connectivity and openness, um, but then it became eventually very centralized and locked in and, and now everyone kind of like complains about it all the time. Um, and I'll just take a side note. I don't know if Web 3 necessarily fixes that. Now I've been hearing like Web 4. No way, <laughs> so already. Like, so we're like, were they like, well, you know, Web 3 is not really Web 3. It's, it's centralized still in a lot of ways. And also do you want everything tracked, you know? And so there's, I, I think, um, but with, but, you know, like after web two, like everyone was just kind of like, oh, how do we make this tool better and better, better to use? Um, and then we, we found out, oh my gosh, like we're actually like creating these like horrible habit forming products, like Facebook, just shoving notifications all day at you. And then we realized, okay, well, maybe this is like not good. And, but you know, like it really had, had not been that long between like, it got to that point of like too much to figuring out like, what do we need to do next? And so I think the market like course correct, like we course corrected as a, as a species. Right. And so I'm not afraid of that because I think these risks are, I mean, it was definitely a net positive to like create social media. <laughs> so like right. um, there's negatives, but I think that like, as long as we're like looking to constantly improve, we won't really know what's wrong with something until we've done it. And then we can look back and say, oh shoot, um, we need to course correct. And I'm, I'm totally comfortable with that. I don't know where that means where we're going. I think with web three or like, you know, just crypto in general, like the blockchain in general, I think um, it's also, I think it's a lot, it's very promising. I, I mean, I, I love, like, if I could just like sign a mortgage on the blockchain and just like not have to like, <laughs> you know, and that way you can just tell who had it before. It's just like, you know, I think a lot of like government, like mundane things should be a blockchain. Um, but then like, I'm like, well, do I want every purchase I make to be on the blockchain? Like, no, uh, you know? Yeah. So like, I think, I think we'll figure out what's good and bad. Um, and then of course there's like, there's governments that are going to be really, really evil <laughs> with this. Um, and I think, you know, it's just, it's just part of the human experience to build, um, see what didn't work and then try to fix it and then just keep building. I don't think we'll ever reach utopia, but I think we're like, we're trying to get there, which is, I think is a good thing. Um, just how we get there is just not certain. And I think that's why it's good to just keep experimenting um, and playing around until we find, you know, just continue to iterate on, on how to make life better for people. Sure. Well, it's, it's interesting. You're saying make life better for people because um, I, I mean, there's truly a thousand places we could go with this particular conversation. And um, I, I want to say that like, 
I, I think that the reason why for me, uh, a lot of people are kind of curious about these spaces uh, or aesthetics, if for lack of a, another one, is that like talking about God and talking about uh, showing like angel imagery or like, especially like AI communities that make art that are able to get these renderings of, of these images that are, uh, you know, uh, there's a spectacle to them. It's, it's spectacular, it's sublime, it's, it's beyond that AI kind of has that, yes, it's like technically just like, like neural networks and these things are like just a next step in automation, but it almost takes on this sort of, um, I would say it kind of skips the uncanny valley a little bit in terms of yeah. like, we don't have a physical face to see like, oh, but like truly like at some point, like some of the best art I've seen in the last couple of years has been AI generated. Some of the funniest, like people are like, I fed this, you know, this thing, like a bunch of funny stuff. And then it comes out with like a script and it is legitimately hilarious that, yeah. um, and then beyond that, like I would say where AI uh, inter, uh, interlocks with music specifically, like you cite Holly Herndon's work um, and her and Matt Dryhurst's, uh project with Proto and kind of that AI generated uh, voice um, uh, sort of generational device, whatever you want to call it. Um, to which I, I want to say, uh, doing a brief uh, thing on, on them, that um, I it, that feeling of like singing, like singing, like spirituality gathering, having that moment. But then, like I, I watched a video where they they have they like sample every audience and then it kind of regenerates this entire mm -hmm. choral moment which is like you know feel, feels very like church-esque in its experience right but then this this bot for lack of a better term is is learning and taking in these samples and creating this otherworldly thing outside of it and um kind of actually putting as i think holly more specifically said like letting the tech do a lot of work to get out of the way but to create you know, so we can kind of just do our thing, but let the, you know, the work kind of do itself. So I, I have to say, I, 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 am a, I am an easy laugh and I am an easy cry. And to hear a giant chorus of people sing is like something I hadn't heard in a minute for a lot of reasons, you know, COVID, things of that nature. But to watch it even in this video, which I think was from like 2018, everyone kind of singing this very choral church-esque experience, like I was like, instantly got me, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, the spectacle of it. And I, and I, I wonder if, if that's something that people are hoping to return to beyond, um, you know, internal spirituality, which we can get, we're, I, we will get into more, but like, you know, I think we're almost interested in spectacle related things, especially through the internet. We want to be at happenings. I went to the Donda event here in Chicago for the Kanye West uh, oh, wow. listening event, which was unbelievable the spectacle of that was incredible when he walked outside on fire well when he we don't it was supposed to be you know like a guy walked out outside on fire and we just praised god the whole you know show and <laughs> there's a bunch of cars and it was just unbelievable and that i think that people want those moments to be lifted you know it's hard yeah. to not use some certain ter you know similar terminology um so i kind of just want to ask you about that like in terms of the term like the spectacle. Uh, I'm curious what what you feel from what you outlined here and kind of where we're at um, technologically, but also spiritually, what what we might desire to, to get out of that. Yeah, I mean, I think we're definitely, I mean, this is obvious, but I think we're definitely meant to be together. And I think we're, we're supposed to come together to do these things together and create. I, I think the spectacle is actually really important and something I need to, I actually want to look into more mm. because, um, I mean, okay, so in 2019, during the Hong Kong protests, there was uh, a small church there that led a um, uh, 2 million people to sing 
the song Sing Hallelujah to the Lord. And it's 2 million people on the streets singing that as a form of protest. To me, I mean, if I'll send you the link, it made me like cry, like yeah. listening to this. And it was like beautiful. And um, and it's just and it's the scale of it, like literally 2 million people singing the same song. And in that, in that instance, it happened to be a Christian song just because, you know, just the kind of spit in the eye that of the, the, the communist government, I suppose. But like um, it was it was like it was like otherworldly. It was like God. It was like heavenly. And, uh, and I, it was, I mean, honestly, I think that was probably the most, one of the most important cultural moments of like, of the 2010s that no one heard ever, you know, um, like just the idea that that happened is, is wild to me. Um, but anyway, like, and there's like these old, like, you know, harp conventions when they sing, like, I do, I, uh, I do Mia or whatever. I don't know how to pronounce this stuff. Like just people singing together. It's just like, it's just, it is breathtaking. And I think, um, that's what I also really appreciate with those Kanye events. Uh, and I actually just wish you would just do those all the time and like <laughs> the albums. Um, and, uh, but I, I think, um, you know, in the West, you know, so there's an interesting article and I, I'll have to try and find it for reference, but they were talking about like, why is it that people in the West were unhappy um, or, or felt more unfulfilled than people in the, in, you know, uh, Eastern hemisphere. And one of the studies pointed to the fact that we don't have these collective euphoric moments and in the East or in Africa or, you know, the global South or whatever, like a lot of people were having these moments where they come together and, and like the rituals or whatever, they're all coming together, dancing and singing in the West. We are a lot more like, just kind of like, you know, either we didn't do that at all, or we, you know, or in the church setting, it was him focused where it's individuals coming together, but there wasn't this kind of like euphoric moment. And I think what, and I, and, and I think actually, I think they were right in that that wasn't really happening in a, in a mainstream scale. Um, but what I think that they didn't account for is like raves, like raves were church, right? People who went to raves, like said, like, you know, if they go to raves they're like, it feels like a church or like the, like the seventies, like paradise garage, kind of like disco era, like they called it church. Right. Mm. And, um, and there's a lot of like gospel stuff that was played there, like gospel house stuff because it felt like church. And I think we are supposed to have these moments like a rave or a, a disco or, you know, just kind of like all on out Pentecostal throwdown where like people come together and then they just like are, are being a part of something greater than themselves. And so they're no, they like blend into this collective. I'm like, you know, like, yeah, I'm like an American and I, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a market guy. So like I, and I believe in individuality, you know, individuality, but I also really believe in like in the collective in that sense where like we, you know, need to pull together that kind of thing, support each other. Um, and I think the church, that's what that role was not that solely that their role was that, but like, um, or that that was the only way to get together in that sort of fashion. But I think what happened was because of the, the way we conduct church it like in Western culture, we don't give ourselves up to something. And I think, um, that's what makes, and I think we're meant to, like, I think as like human beings, like that's in our, our, in our DNA is to do that. And, and in most of humanity, we did that and, and now we don't. And so I think that we're like, you're, we're yearning for that. That's why rave scenes were so, were that way. Now, obviously I think they were toxic because of the drug abuse, but like, <laughs> you know, it provided a family for people and, um, and a way to give up themselves with other people and I think that's what's so interesting to me about the Pentecostal church was because they do the same thing. I mean, it, that's just as wild as any rave in some sense when you see like some of the crazy stuff that happens there because people are just like, they don't, they put their guard down. They say, I will do whatever 
it takes to like to worship or something you know like and that to me is like super beautiful and i and i think we're getting to a point and and i mentioned in that article that essay or whatever you want to call it um that pentecostalism is like the fastest growing so you know denomination within christianity mm-hmm. and it's the second largest only to catholicism and so i think what we're, we're seeing is like there's like a desire there's like this like animal instinct in us to come together and just like let loose for lack of a better term absolutely and just like do it together so uh it's, it's fascinating to me so yeah it's, it's beautiful i love that stuff well, and, and so that that being kind of our ability to find those spaces interconnectedly, like we, we're alone together, maybe, or, you know, like, uh, we're able to maybe gather 2 million people in a, in a town square to sing these songs, um, or the rave experience, absolutely. And, and I think a lot of people that have felt maybe cast out of a church in certain communities, they are able to find that literally in the club. You know, I, I've definitely heard that phrase too, the club is my church, you know, raves in that space. Um, and then truly like community, you know, like with the, you know, the plur movements and people having their candy and being able to exchange these sort of, uh, you know, beads, these, these rosaries maybe for them, you know, these things that they can, <laughs> they can exchange to have this cultural um, bond. Um, but I guess what I'm curious then too, is then like, what, what do you feel like that looks like then explicitly online? And, and if so, like, what, what would that mean entirely? Because, you know, I, like you're saying here, we're like, we're, you know, if there's uh, people truly giving themselves out and, and over, like, couldn't that expression happen in a, like, like purely in a, in a, like in the form of a tweet? Like, I, I, I really don't mean to make light of it when I say this, but like, you know, Kanye has, goes on these tweet rants or something where he says out of pocket things, as they say. And it's like, at what point is him experiencing that or like is is are we able to like gather and have these experiences that are explicitly online and not you know how if we were to limit ourselves to just the url um do you think that that's a new space to explore or just it just it will never it will never compare no no well yeah i think the in-person thing is is very different I, i guess it's not like one's i mean it's up until now right? Like historically, like we only really knew IRL. And so, you know, we kind of compare like one being better than the other. I I think eventually it'll be a situation where they just both exist. Like people will grow up with the metaverse and, (laughs) and like, they won't know a world without it. And so to them, it won't be a decision of like, what's better, but a a way of like, what mode am I in right now? Uh, And I think we'll be able to be going in and out of those things. Um, you know, as a part of just like life. Um, and, and I think that, so yeah, we will have spiritual experiences online together. Um, if, and I'm sure they already are happening. I mean, you know, um, I would say in the, in the simplest form, you know, you've got some preacher going online and broadcasting it to like, you know, 10,000 people in like Ethiopia or something, you know, and like those things happen, right. And people get, you know, you know, convert or whatever. Um, so that's one end, but I, I think, um, I think what we're at right now is like, we're at the cusp of like exploring what it means to do that stuff online. I don't think we fully really know what that looks like yet, but I think it's coming and yeah, I think it could be anything. It, it could be, I, I don't know. I, I, I think this is the moment for like mass experimentation with this stuff or, and that's a personal interest of mine. It's like, what does it mean to actually even worship? Like, you know, in the Christian world, there's like a worship is like a genre and like, you have like all the brimmed hatted, like, you know, like people who go to Selena Gomez's church and then like, they perform a style of worship to me, worship isn't a genre. And so I I think it could be in the form of a tweet. 
It could be in a form of, uh, you know, any expression. And so um, I'm, I'm especially excited about seeing like in that world, like how do you push the boundaries of what it actually means to worship and whether that's, you know, doing it online or in person, I think that's all up for grabs right now. Um, and I think that's, what's gonna, I think this is a very pivotal moment. I think the old church world of America specifically is it's dead. It's been dead. And I think it's, um, it's right now what's going to happen is we're going to have like this space filled with people who have like this authentic experience or desire to explore that spirituality side more. And it's not going to look anything like the previous culture did. And so they're going to be freaked out. They're going to like the, the, the majority culture church is going to like totally wig out because it's going to be people who like, you know, who didn't grow up in it. And so they're going to experiment. They're going to have like, you know, discords or, you know, they're going to cost or whatever, you know, like they're going to do stuff that like the traditional church is not used to, um, or they're going to make like, you know, club music as a worship set or something. And it's going to freak everyone out, but it's like, and those are just like simple things. I, I think we'll see a lot more experimental stuff coming, but like, it's going to completely turn it upside down. And we're already seeing some of it. There's a lot of weird church stuff that happens now. And, and if you're, if you're not looking for it, you don't know about it, but like, it's just like people are like oh okay well but that guy is super effective like he's helping a lot of people a lot of people are attending his things you know so maybe it's not wrong you know whereas sure. the church world is very it's very like binary it's like right or wrong all the time yeah and then you got a bunch of people who are just like crazy uh like the corn bassist or something and like <laughs> you know and they're like oh shoot like what do we do about that like this guy's in the band corn and then he like does healing ministry before the show like <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just bizarre. And I think, and that's not even that really that crazy, but like, I think it's going to get like a hundred times crazier than that. And we're just not going to be able to keep up. And there's, that's where it has to be distributed because no one can gatekeep anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of, you just have to test, you know, test the spirit as they right. say. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like fully on board. Like I want max experimentation, like people messing up, you know, people making amazing, beautiful pieces. Like the Kanye thing to me is very much very worshipful and I love that. And, um, but you know, we can't all like buy a stadium basically. <laughs> um, so we'll have to figure out like other forms and, uh, and it, it's all coming. Well, I, I think like you said, like the, the, you know, where God is front and center at a noise show like that is, and, and not ironically, you know, like, but, but post, 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 you know, maybe that like, that would be, a, you know, like a youth group show maybe or something, a youth group noise show for God. Well, so I, I, I just, I wanted to come back to like Renaissance time where like people just like, that was just like baked in the fabric where like, you didn't think about like, am I going to make a religious piece or am I going to make a sec? I mean, I, you could, obviously there was that like mindset too, but like, what I want to see is like where people don't care about that delineation anymore. They go, I want to make a piece. And if, it, even if they're not Christian and they want to make a spiritual piece, like then they make it right. Like, I mean, what the neutral milk hotel guy, right? Like, uh, Malcolm, like <laughs> that guy saying, I love you, Jesus Christ right. on that one, like, you know, song. And it was the most heartfelt thing I'd ever felt like, you know, and I was like, and, and I, you read interviews. He's just like, I just kind of like got to my, I, I, he try to strip himself away until they're like, until, and just like, let the first thing come out, like, you know, like a groan basically that came out of him. And like that came out and it was beautiful. And I'm like, so if that's, you know, and he got, and back then, you know, he got harassed for like, you know, being, you know, being Christian or something like that. And just silly. Like, I, I think like, um, I, I would love for people to experiment with that. If that's the natural urge that comes out of you, like, I want to hear it, uh, whether they're Christian or not. And um, I think we should just be in an age of just exploration like that. Like, 
um, I, that's what I'm excited for is like just not making Christian art um, or, you know, just like removing those labels altogether. Like, I, I think what unfortunately what today is like Christian art today is it's not Christian art. It's art for the Christian market. Mm-hmm. And that's what I don't like. Like, it doesn't mean that it's wrong, but like, it just kind of feels gross. Um, right. I just want people making art because they like love God. If they want to make it Christian, just do it because they love God, not because they're like trying to make it for a market. Right. Um, that's where I think that that's where I want us to go. Well, and so I, I'm, I'm curious too about this because we're talking about a, lo- a lot of this kind of like out in, in a public space and, and about worshiping. And, and something I'm curious to ask about um, is like, what would it mean then for like a private faith? What would it mean to like pray? And I, I think that maybe the most common concept of, of a prayer, uh, especially in Christianity or Catholicism or something is a door closed, knelt beside the bed and just between you and God. And something I'm thinking about is like, maybe this doesn't seem so like mind blowing to certain people, but to me, it really strikes me as like, well, if your iPhone is charging on the table next to you, are you truly alone sitting there talking to God? And I, I really don't mean that with like a wink and a nod. I mean that truly of like, with that door closed, the world ceases to exist except for you and your prayer and where you're sending it. And I wonder what sort of prayer then enters uh, within, you know, like you said, like, I'm glad you brought up like discords, because, you know, there's clearly been like Facebook groups forever of people, you know, either sharing uh, thoughts or prayers to one another and, and congregating sort of digitally. But then I'm curious, what does the individual then mean now that we've kind of like, we can be together alone, you know, well, what does it mean to just be completely alone again uh, with this access of this? So, and, and I just wonder, it just seems reductive to me to think that we would just need to cut out the iPhone entirely, you know, or cut out the, the internet, but also maybe that is exactly what we need. It's just as much as we need to get off of our phones and go to a concert or go to a church, we need to remove ourselves. So I'm, I'm kind of curious where you're, where you're at with the thought of how, pr- how prayer and technology has, has sort of inner, inner space. Yeah. I, well, I think like with most things, like I, you know, you can have, you know, unity and, and plurality, you know, you can, you can do like, we need both, right? Like, I think you need, you know, just like, I feel like there, you need an individual self that is separate from the collective. Um, but it is also part of the collective. I think that's the same thing with like spirituality for like, you are your own individual creation. So you need to talk to God, like, you know, you are, you know, like, like he, like, like you would your parent, right? Like you can have, like you have, if you're like with your mom, like it's different when you're with her, just you and her talking versus like you and the family or whatever. Right. And so the dynamic changes and, um, and I think both modes are, are, are very important. And so, yeah, I mean, like if I want to actually spend time alone, like it's important to like turn the phone off, um, to like fully focus. It's very easy for me just to like, it's almost like muscle memory just to reach. For yeah, the no, phone. absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think you need both. Okay. Um, and so, I guess within this, I, I'm kind of curious to kind of expand beyond uh, beyond just necessarily what we're talking here about because something I'm very curious about um, that I think is kind of missing from I would say let's let's say this this is contemporarily like the millennial sort of. Gen Z time right now of, of these these ideas that um, I think what a lot of people tend to really enjoy about Christianity uh, and, and about like Jesus himself that people tend to be like, 
well, you know, Christianity gets a bad rep, but Jesus, that guy was really cool actually. And like, he does all these amazing things. And like, he was the ultimate socialist and they try to get him to, you know, get this idea yeah, of he's, him. He's any, everything to everybody. Right. Exactly. Which, you know, is maybe the point, but something I've, I've been really curious about, and, and this is kind of like a tech religious space that to meet is that um, I, I would say in the United States, certainly we are in a time of incredible inequity, like truly like just horrible, horrible space of, of who has what amount of wealth in this country. And I think that's something that the church is deeply um, caring about is, is strife, the poor, you know, about taking care of each other the, the, with um, just like taking care of one another. And a lot of, you know, homeless shelters tend to be uh, have a religious affiliation or being able to have this sort of space where we're bringing community together, but we're also taking care of those who we, who cannot take care of themselves. And so I guess what I have here is like, uh, where are we in terms of uh, strife? Um, uh, what I believe is a deeply Christian issue, something that is cared about deeply. Um, like, where do you feel like we are collectively as a, as a culture about dealing with that? But then beyond that, is that something that is able to be sort of influenced into this idea of like the blockchain, these decentralized spaces, these spaces of utopian, you know, I, I, again, like the socialist mentalities of our country to try to like, why people love Bernie Sanders to some degree to this kind of uh, cultural peaks of just someone who spoke with a, a spirituality, a, a care, a deep, profound care. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm curious where your thoughts are in terms of like, what was available to us through like Web3 technology, but also meeting the values of, of someone like Jesus. Um, so I would say, I mean, no matter what stage of technology we're in, I think the church, I think is a technology itself. Um, and I think that, um, it, I mean, that is the original network and I mean, humanity in general is a, is a giant network and, but, but, you know, there's like this, this cross cultural thing, but, um, yeah, I don't, I'm trying to see like where I should like jump in to answer that because, I think that the church is like the Western church is actually kind of sick right now. Yeah. And so it's like not really fulfilling its role. I mean, I would say that doesn't, sometimes it doesn't get a lot of credit because I think a lot of folks who do work in the church are generally pretty quiet about what they do. Um, so it's easy to complain, but then every now and then you like look into it and you're like, Oh wow. Like actually there's a lot of activity and money going into helping people. You just don't ever hear about it. And to your point about like the poor and stuff like that, like, I mean, at one point in history, like all churches, all universities, hospitals, you know, the YMCA, all these things were actually church programs. <laughs> right. And they at some point became something different, which I don't think is necessarily wrong. Um, but I think the biggest struggle for the American church is that, um, and this isn't my original idea, but somebody had mentioned before that Europe made the church an institution and then America made it a business. And I think that's where we're at now. And I think um, that's pretty abhorrent. <laughs> like, I think it's the only time when Jesus got like violent was when we made the church a business, you know, like when they, when they made the temple a business, I mean, uh, area for market. So I'm not saying like capitalism's evil or anything like that. I'm just saying like, I think that like, it's, it's like kind of gross to me. Like people need to make a living, but like 
when like people are like selling like e-courses and like you got to pay to get join their Facebook group to get like spiritual insight. I'm like, okay, that seems like really messed up, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just like, so I think the church, I think the American church is sick. I think that culture is pretty much like dead and what we're seeing now. And this is actually, there's like an, there's actually like an underground current in the American church right now. And uh, that I've been, it's been fun to watch. And so and they notice it's sick too. And that's why people are kind of like, we need to change. It's no longer about the building. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's much more deeper than that. And so I think we're going to see that shift in the next, I think, I think honestly, if I were going to make some sort of like bold claim to be held to, I think 2020, this decade is going to be the one that's known for, like, I, I truly believe this, like in my bones, like this will be like a combination of like the Renaissance period, plus like a Martin Luther moment. And like, pre-Jesus and like Jesus movement moment where like I think we're going to see like literal like world changing activity and it's like purely just gut of just like looking at signals and making a, a guess um, but I feel like there's just so much tension and there's just so much dissatisfaction with status quo whether it's the church or government or society in general that I think we're poised for like massive change of of the guard and um, I think it's happening um, but we're at the very like foothill of that, like change. Uh, so I think, um, I, I think that, uh, I don't know, I don't know when that's going to happen, but it, it feels close. And I've actually had two people who DM me recently, uh, and a third person before that said they're not even neither, um, all three of them weren't Christian. And they said, you know, I feel like there's going to be a revival, a Christian revival. And I think it'll actually be helpful for the state of our country. And I thought that was very interesting considering that none of them were Christian to say that. Um, and cause I'm hearing that everywhere. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, so there's something, some people are feeling something. Um, it just is a matter of when now. And, um, and as far as the technology aspect, like, I don't know, I have no really good, dis you know, discuss, you know, insight into that other than like, it'll be used, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like I have no deep thought on that. Like, you know, I, I, I truly don't. I just, I think it'll continue to be to just, you know, I, I, I know there's something there, right? Like there's, you know, this kind of like spiritual influence does influence the way people create things, you know, like a lot of the sciences in the early days were influenced by Christian thought. And I think that I'm sure we'll see more of that. Um, I just don't know what that looks like. Uh, the only thing I would say, and this is kind of a glib, dumb comment, is back back in the day, there was a group called CyberTwee, which is like this like net collective, and they did like a um, a, uh, a like a dark web cookie sale, like baking sale, and like you had to like go into the dark web and buy cookies, and <laughs> they would mail them to you. I really want like the church to like experiment with the dark web. Like I think that's what they. I think that's like the future of the church is the is the dark web. Wow. Um, if that, that'd be my only like comment I think I have on like where that's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I want to address um, just briefly the, the business of the church, if for no other reason to uh, drop a quote that I would love to use is, you know, that as we enter these more, you know, NFT blockchained, you know, spaces that, um, you know, the, the capitalistic mentality of it is, is, is prevailing the exact same ways as it always had. But now it's just that there's a different subset of people that are able to do that. And I, I think, and, and that's not necessarily, I'm not, I, I like to say just briefly, I'm very like NFT agnostic, uh, you know, and, and, and to be kind of like, I'm curious about it. I'm interested to see it grow. 
Um, but, you know, I, I, I guess I'm just wondering, too, just on the business end, uh, you know, that, you know, uh, Bono has famously said in the song Bolt the Blue Sky, he says, the God I believe in isn't short of cash, mister. And I'm curious if that line will ever be updated to the God I believe in isn't short of Ethereum, mister. And I'm curious, like, that you're saying within that, that the sort of uh, the 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 wiles, the things, the, the tech doesn't inherently change the world as much as the mentalities need to change. That there's sort of a spirituality that we're we're kind of felt that we've been lacking because we've been so irony pilled, and and again that being kind of a, an intersection of everything we're talking about. And I, I'm curious to kind of talk more about faith and going forward after that. But just as a brief aside, I'm um, I, I'm wondering if it without some sort of cultural or experiential difference that these tech things won't just save us empirically on their own? No, I don't think technology really can't. I mean, it has to be, it can make things better and it has obviously made things incrementally better. I mean, people argue that it hasn't, but I'm like, this isn't like the 1700s when like everybody was like making $2 a day, you know, like our $2 a year, you know, like people were making nothing before, uh, you know, I, I would say this, like, sometimes I wish I was like a socialist and a Christian because like, it's so cliche to be like a, you know, a guy who's like free market and Christian. Like, I hate that. But like, I, I just like the, I, I think the free market works and like, I'm not like an all out like capitalist maxi or anything, but like, you know, if something comes along better, great. Like, I just want what's better. I, like, obviously it has problems, but like, what I guess what I like about it is like in a capitalist society is you can still be a socialist within it. You can't be a, you can't be a capitalist within a socialist environment, but you can't be a socialist in a capitalist environment. Like just everyone just go buy a bunch of land and just like, you know, live together. Right. Like anyone can do that right now. There's no one yeah. stopping anybody. And I would, and I, and I think it's great. Like I actually want as much diversity of thought as possible. Like, like, you know, there's people who are NFTs and they're like, you know, they just want to be like DIY about it. Like, I think that's all, I think we need that. I think we need people who say like, no way, I don't want to make any money off of this stuff. And I also think we need people who do want to make money so they can like keep the cash flow going to support the next round of artists, you know? Um, I, but anyway, I, I don't want to go off too far of a tangent there, but like, um, I, I, get, I don't know if you're asking like, you said something about cash and Ethereum. I think you're going to say it's a beautiful day was the quote. <laughs> But hey, give me some credit. I'm, a, I'm an old head U2 fan. <laughs> so I'm going to go for a little deeper cut. Thank you. But <laughs> no, but like, uh, no, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll all eventually we'll shift to that. I, I don't, I don't think a lot of people disagree with that. Um, I don't know if it'll, it won't be Ethereum. I mean, it could be, I don't know, yeah. but yeah, 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 it'll just be a bunch of different currencies. I mean, America used to have like tons of currencies at one point before the dollar became the monopoly, but, mm. um, you know, it's, it's definitely going there. Um, and which I'm fine with, I, you know, uh, to some degree, but, um, as long as there's anonymity and people can like opt to, to get out of it, I think that's good as well. Um, uh, anyway, I lost my train of thought there, so you'll have to you'll have to corral me. Um, no, no problem. And I, and this is more of a statement. I don't mean to you know. It's just like I'm I'm curious what like in the blockchain world, especially crypto space, of like what would be the proverbial passing of the basket. What would that look like in a in a in a crypt in a crypto space? Um, so then I think beyond that, I guess like kind of like the last vestige for me about this and especially at this generation uh moment is sort of the concept of faith and i mean that as broadly as possible but i also mean that as like as ex you know whatever that means to everyone but I, I generally think that there is sort of this loss of faith and i don't think it's as simple as irony pilled that i feel like there are certain things that we are not taking on 
to have like faith in ourselves, faith in our society, faith in a higher power of any sort, you know, whether it be a God or it be in our government, it be in our, you know, and I, I almost, I feel like I hear in like, you know, these black pilled spaces that they almost sound very conservative, but are actually still down for the cause of, of, you know, liberation and, and let's say third wave feminism, intersectionality and uh, queer spaces and that everyone's invited that we can have this utopian space theoretically, but we're not feeling this sort of sense of, of, of faith in ourselves and our, in each other and, and faith in our society, you know, our, 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 you know, our vessel of the earth is dying. Is that enough to just like kill us all spiritually more so than uh, losing God necessarily in society? So I guess I, I'm saying all of this kind of like buffet of, of terms and thoughts mm -hmm. here is I'm just kind of curious of like, what is your thought on, on, on people having faith and, and where your faith has maybe struggled or, or, or really gotten stronger in let's say even just the last like 10 years? Um. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm, I'm kind of like, I generally tend to be kind of ignorant. And I, I think like, I'm like all happy over here on my side of the world. And then like, I talk to people on Twitter, and they're all like, there's a civil war coming in a couple of years. And I'm like, Oh, shoot, really? <laughs> and I'm like, so like, uh, you know, like, I, I feel like the world, if you if you're online, it feels very distressing. Um, and if you're like, just like, uh, you know, I've had to do a lot of travel recently. So I'm making like, you know, smaller cities in Missouri, um, and people don't seem to be nearly as like distraught, <laughs> um, as like, you know, the larger the metro area is like the more they're on Twitter and the more they're just like unhappy with their life, uh, or stressed about oncoming doom. Um, you know, but like, I, I, I definitely think there is some sort of, it, it does feel like things are like a little empty right now in, in the world. And, um, and it is sad and it's like, you know, I, I think it's especially, I think we've really, I think like, I don't, I can't, I've never in a period of my life and obviously like I'm older now. So I've got just, you know, just by pure like number of like touch points, but like never did I hear so many people who are struggling with mental health issues or they're like getting checked in, like that's happening a lot now, granted, like people are more open about that. And yeah. so maybe there's people back in the past who just didn't do it because of the stigma I granted, I think that's true, but like, I think there's, it feels like and I need to do some more study. I'm sure there's stuff out there, but it feels like more people are in distress than ever. Right. And, um, and I think I was interesting. I was listening to the contain podcast today and it was talking with this, like, um, these, like these two artists out of Texas, uh, and both of them are like Mexican Americans. And they were talking about how, you know, as you know, at the immigrant experience of being in America was that like growing up, like they lived in dirt, you know, they lived in poverty and everyone was happy. <laughs> And like, and then they come to America and all of their friends who are wealthy are in total disarray. And even now that they've been somewhat more Americanized, when they go back to family, they're like, why are you stressed? Like, why don't you just go eat a, a you know, a fresh melon or go hang out in a, you know, put your feet in a puddle, you know, and like think life will be good again, you know? And it's like, wow, like, that's so interesting to me. Like, we're the, we're like the richest country in the world. And we're like, also like the least happy so like, there's something, there's something very broken, <laughs> like materially broken about, about us. And, um, and it's all of our problems to deal with. And uh, that's, that's the interesting kind of thing of the moment is, um, is, is, you know, the thing that got me really upset uh, with the church in 2020 during like, right after the George Floyd stuff was just kind of like, the response was more like, let's like stand our ground of like, not all, there's a lot of church people who got involved. And I would say, I shouldn't say it seems very 
dualistic on on the media like it looks like oh like this group hates this and the other group is pro this and really it's a way it's always been way more complex than that and i think people are actually waking up to see that like hey actually like people are way more complex like you know than just a simple kind of like partisan line like to me that's like stupid and it's actually even more stupid now than ever that i've noticed um but i think like what we did see at least in the majority side of things is like people were more about like well we gotta we gotta make a political statement and um and i'm like well what if what if the world burns because we just made a political state we were like trying to like prove some point like maybe we should just go to where the people are like if if and I, you know this is like this gets quoted all the time but you know like you know what is it like uh, not riot it was um protest is like the is the is the voice of like the unheard or something like that from mlk but like that is so true i mean that is so true right like it's like so if that's the case like wouldn't you as a church going person be motivated to go find out why they're hurting and like go and that'd be like the first response other than it being a politicized one um and i know this is kind of like going into territory that like everyone's heard but like I, I think that um, I, I think that we're it's it's a it's a sad state and 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 honestly I personally believe it's the church's responsibility to get their act together to be the first to serve and we're failing and so and I would say I would even throw myself in that category you know like I'm distracted by all kinds of stuff you know it's like I'm always you know so like we can do a lot better. Um, you know, and then I don't know if, it, you know, you mentioned something about personal faith too. I don't, I don't know where you wanted to take that. I mean, but um, have I, yeah, doubt if, yeah, sure. I've, like every person I think is, has gone through trials or whatever of like, you know, what am I doing? Um, for me, I've never like doubted God's existence. Um, I've just doubted like, what am I, how am I supposed to respond to the fact that there is like a, a creator of the, of reality, <laughs> like, mm what is my proper role in all of this? Like, that's a really heavy thing. Like, I don't think people really realize like how serious and grave that idea is to accept, like, because it's become a cultural thing. Like we, you know, like we're fish in water. We don't even notice it's there, but like, like if you say you believe in God, like then this guy just like, he willed things into existence, right? Like just because he commanded it, it had to respond out of reverence, you know, I'm like, it had to exist because he said it had to exist. I'm like, that's pretty heavy. So like, if you believe in that, like, you know, uh, I don't know, like that might make you want to think about your life a little bit more than just like going to church on a Sunday and just like claiming something, you know, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, am I supposed to like move to like Myanmar and like, you know, like, you know, like save refugees every day? Like, I don't know. Right. Like I definitely struggle with that a lot. And I, I don't, I don't think that we're all, I, I think that we've been made to be very complex and diverse creatures to where like we have these, you know, cause I've, I feel guilty about passions I've had to do. Like, I'm like, oh, I want to do experimental music shows, you know, I'm like, well, or maybe I should be like at a soup kitchen, you know, that's obviously <laughs> more helpful, yeah. but like I, my passion isn't, and it sounds terrible. My, my passion isn't always there. Like if I see a person in need, I will help. Right. Um, but like, I don't wake up thinking like, I want to start a soup kitchen. Mm -hmm. Like I wake up thinking like, you know, just like normal day life stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm a like God built me in a way that I'm attracted to these things over here. And I think we're intentionally built that way to be like, you're supposed to be like, I think whatever God wants you to be in the moment. And so like, you know, if like, I'm a per I'm actually like a pretty charismatic guy at this point. Like my, my conversion was like pretty radical. Um, and so like, I've, I'm fully 
like, and I don't, I haven't talked really about this pu- very publicly, but like, and now it's on a podcast, but it's like, I had like a very supernatural experience. And I did not believe in the supernatural, like growing up in the church environment I did, it was like the supernatural was basically just storytelling to get you to like, to make a point. So I thought it was kind of fake. And then, um, and then I had a moment where I did encounter supernatural stuff. I, I, I did surrender my life. I was like, okay, God, you are real. I'm going to make this like very, very drastic change in my life. And, um, and, and, and so like, I feel like my thought was like, well, am I supposed to go around and like, try to like tell everybody this stuff all the time? And I think there's some people who are motivated to do that. I think it's good for them. But for me, I feel like, you know, what my, my personal thing, and I could be wrong or it might change over time. I think God changes too, like what you're supposed to be doing. But like, like I just go to the gas station like every other normal person. But if I hear the Lord told me to do something, I'll do it, you know? And that's kind of where I'm at. And I think, you know, so I think we're meant to do the things that we're passionate about doing, whether it's technology or, you know, uh, I don't know, a commune. Like, I don't think any of this stuff is wrong. I think the Lord's like, hey, I put these things in your heart. Like, why don't you just go explore what that means and uh, and build something, right? Build, build something beautiful. I think that's what the early church did was they like a lot of that early art um, was beautiful. And I think it's why people are also attracted to today. Like you were saying about the AI stuff, like it's actually beautiful. And um, I think we need to be creating things like that. Um, I, I shouldn't say we need to create beautiful things. Like, but I mean, like I, we're meant to build and we're meant to explore the passions we have, but also be at a tent and an attentive, you know, with ourselves to say like, Hey, if I'm called to something different, I, I do it. You know, like, you know, if God wants me to do experimental like worship shows, you know, um, like with Kanye, great, like I'll do it. But if he, <laughs> if he wants me to move my family to like the most remote part of like some sort of like South American country, like I'll do it. Right. Um, it does you know, and so I think that's, I think people should just be more flexible. Uh, and I think the church especially needs to be more flexible. I mean, well, actually they, that's their, they're supposed to like they, that when you give up your life, you literally are saying it's yours and I'm on, I'm on, you know, I'm not lending you my life. Like I literally gave it to you. So like, you're supposed to be on call at any moment, it's not expected of any people who are outside of that bond, right? Like no one else made that commitment. So they're not, re- they're not required to, mm-hmm. but I think the church, did that, you know, and so they they are required to. Um, but I think God is like grace, you know, he's got grace where he says, like, you know, I've called you to this, but if you don't do it, you know, like there's grace, but uh, but you know, really you should do it, you know, but he's not gonna force you anyway. Uh, I'm I'm so glad you brought up grace because that is actually my last point that I, I wanted to talk to you and kind of finish out with this is that um beyond having faith and people kind of losing a faith towards humanity, whatever it may be, to God perhaps, or or even like their interests, like Tyler, you have to do the stuff you were meant to do. <laughs> I just want to say as, as a fellow mortal on this planet, uh, we have to do this. We have to make podcasts. We have to make our experimental club spaces is something that you and I have done together. And uh, I, I just know that in real life, people have experience, have talked to me, at least personally, I have said that like some of the stuff I've done and done with other friends and, and including yourself that like have been like, there's nothing like this and especially in places like for instance we did that in st louis missouri where there's not a ton of club spaces and and people are hungry in those smaller communities to really get out and and have those things so that that would be my (laughs) we're attempting to answer a question that would be my mere mortal attempt at it but um my my other question is besides faith like we're saying but is is grace and i think that that's kind of like an amazing thing to sort of wrap on because a lot of what i think you talk about in your in your piece is that there's this irony and and that with a lot of irony is a lot of like cutting of like you know i you are stupid because you like xyz or you're this way and i'm this way and i'm better and that 
you know, where, where can we find grace, not just interpersonally, but culturally, technologically, uh, amongst each other? Because I mean, you know, if, if Twitter is literally having to say, like, as you're typing something, like, always remember, the person <laughs> that you're sending this to is behind the screen, there's a real person there, like, how far have we fallen from grace, or from the concept of grace that we, we need our you know, we need these reminders. Um, but I, I actually kind of love that statement is even if a lot of people think it's kind of <laughs> dark or kind of weird technological yeah. big brother, um, I'm, I'm not actually too opposed to it personally because I think it is actually uh, the greater good. Um, but that's something I've personally struggled with is that I think that truly the buck never stops. And that like even in, in incredibly tense moments where people feel very harsh about one person or one side of something is that, um, that to me personally, like nothing, uh, ev everything we've tried to do in our lives has gotten us to X, Y, Z point. And I think that some people are let off the path. Some people are purposely pushed off to other spaces and, or like, because of traumas they've experienced that if, you know, if someone was a jerk to you, there's a, probably a reason why. And, you know, and I, I think of like golden rule ism, you know, that's maybe some part of my, my theoretical faith, or like, I really am into like the Sierra clubs mentality of leave the, leave the campsite cleaner than you found it, you know? So these sort of these spaces of, but ultimately are returning to the word grace. So I guess just to go out on that is, is where, where do you see, uh, what's your current, your idea on grace right now? And maybe in the last, like, you know, let's say recent time and then where it is going forward. Um, I think that's like one of the most important things, honestly. Um, it, it, dramatic, it, it dramatically changes the direction you go in your life. And for me, okay, so like after I got, you know, quote unquote saved, um, I didn't know about grace. And so I was constantly just played by guilt. And then I read Romans 8.1, which says, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Essentially, it was like, you know, and if you read the rest of the chapter, it's it's all about grace and how like, you know, once once you are forgiven, you're forgiven forever. And, you know, you're going to mess up, but you just continue to operate under this understanding that there is con there's there no for every time you mess up, there's always grace that comes with it. And um, and that changed that actually changed my life honestly like reading that because i'm like i no longer felt ashamed or guilty and i think a lot of the churches like thrived off of that and not saying that they like you know are power hungry for like to be able to hold things over you but they got a misunderstanding and i think you know i i found this button at like a, a thrift store or i mean like it was like a a garage sale or whatever and it was said like the, the the moral majority is neither and it was an old like Gen X pen, you know, from like the nineties or whatever. And I thought it was funny because I, I bought it because I'm like, at some point this will probably become true again. And <laughs> I think, I think, you know, we are there. I think what's happened is the people who wanted to escape the moral majority, which at the time was like the Catholic church or the Protestant church has been replaced by a new moral majority. And I think that there is not a lot of grace. And I think that's a, and I'll, I'll say this, and I know this is, this is kind of like a, a direct thing to say, but I, I feel like what's so disheartening about the current environment that we're in is that we have a moral majority, but there's no option for redemption. And I think that's the struggle. And there, with no offer of redemption, uh, that makes things very dark. <laughs> and at least we had that with the previous moral majority. There was an, now obviously we didn't like how the way it looked because it was like very rules-based, but I, I think, um, I think that it does, it's not supposed to be that way. In my, in my personal opinion, it's not, you know, 
religion is not, um, I would say Christianity is not supposed to be a rules-based thing. There's guidelines, but um, it's not like a, you know, check the box of what you've done is right or wrong. Um, but we're like lacking grace everywhere. And it's really sad. <laughs> um, and so that to me is probably one of the most important things that people need to re rediscover right now and that we need to afford to each other. I, I, I really love the diversity of like the world and like, I, I, you know, like I have my own opinions on how things should be done, but I love that there's people who have like very different opinions on how things should be done. Mm -hmm. And I think that we actually need that. Like, I, I think the discussion, the dialogue that happens between, between very ideologically different ideas is super important to shake out what's good and what's not, because we're all, I think we're all intentionally built, you know, we're all programmed a certain way. And I think that it's actually meant to not be in our own, like, I think the echo chamber is a really just terrible, destructive thing, even for Christians, right? It's like, you know, like you get into your own ideology and you just stick to that and you like, you don't learn, you don't push, you know, boundaries, you don't think, you don't, you don't critically think through the things that you believe. And it creates this very hostile environment. And I think that happens in the secular world and the Christian world and every other religious community too. And I think that like, we're supposed to have all these people with very, very different ideas of how the world's supposed to work. So we can actually figure out um, what the right path is. And sometimes it's actually all of them at once, I think. Um, but they, none of that can be accomplished without grace. And I think the one thing I would love to see more than anything, it's just like, it's just way, way more of that. Um, where we're actually able to extend kind of like just true, sincere, like hand reaching out to the other sides. Um, when they fall, even it's like, Hey, look, like we disagree, but like, you know, you're still a human being at the end of the day. So like, we're all trying to do the same thing. And for some, we, we somehow we got lost and now we're like, just trying to prove the point versus like, work together to make things better and i don't want to make it sound like too like of a kumbaya thing but like i think that's it uh it is sad to me i think that's the saddest thing about the current state of the world or at least a you know western world um and i'm just going to keep rambling about it because i'm, I'm like <laughs> processing in real time like I, you know you dropped a really heavy question on me and i'm like wow actually i need to spend more time thinking about about that now <laughs> well i i i mean your answer is incredible and i really appreciate that thank you and um, I mean, if I was to ask anyone listening to this particular episode to reflect on a lot of what's been talked about today, because if, if you know, and even in small ways that uh, I, I just personally don't hear people talking about faith, I don't hear people talking about grace, I, and, and that's something I've been really curious about, um, and, and, and particularly, the, you know, the ideas of peace and what it means to kind of uh, see what that looks like in a millennial Gen Z space, because uh, we, we have the examples of the past, but um, I, I'm really eager, especially in these, you know, yes, maybe in the club, maybe in Discord, maybe on the blockchain, wherever, that um, there's no reason why that these concepts can't penetrate those spaces. And I just I just want to say again, thank you for, for making this piece, because I think it's really hit a nerve for a reason. And, and I, I think it's really incredible that you threw it out there. And uh, I, I hope that you can please continue to, to, to unravel this, because I really think that there's a lot of people um, who are looking to this beyond a spectacle. They're looking for it to, to kind of translate a bit more of what they're seeing out in the world. Um, and, and I don't think it's just like, you know, and one of my questions here, I'm like, is this just a niche, niche, niche corner of the world? And it's just really not. It's these, these concepts are still prevailing in so many different ways. It's just wearing, it's maybe made with AI instead, you know, or something like that.
Yeah, it's it. You're right. There's like there there is like a niche, niche, niche aspect to it, but I think that's just very surface of like I think it's like a tip of the ice. I mean, the whole world is very spiritual. Like maybe right. like the rest of the world outside of America and the West is like very spiritual, right. and uh, and we're not, and we think that the rest of the world isn't either for some reason. And I think it's actually just coming back to us. Finally. Like we're late to the game again somehow yeah. <laughs> and it's being reintroduced to us. I mean, there's like literally missionaries who come to America now. Right. So it's like, that's just kind of interesting to me. I think, so we're like rediscovering. It's like, we kicked like a, you know, we kicked something in the sand and it's like, Oh, like, what is this? And it's like, it's like a full on pyramid that we're like, kind of like uncovering. And that, and I, I don't know why that met, that actually, that metaphor came to me because of the DuckTales movie. I don't know why that just like came to me, but it's like, it's like that whole world already exists. And then, but somehow like we've like layered our crap on top of it. And we'd like, Oh, like, Oh, this is new. And you're like, no, actually like this has always been here. Um, Like you just forgot for some reason. So welcome back. And I think it'll be a very healthy thing to discuss. Um, As long as people can be open for the discussion, I think it'll be very beneficial for, for all parties involved to kind of just be open to explore a bit more. Absolutely. Um, well, on that, I will say thank you so much for being on here. This, uh, this has been incredibly rewarding and really excited to see uh, how this could, been, could potentially continue this conversation and how you will personally. And so if people want to follow your conversation, I, I guess you know, this is where I ask, uh, what is the best way for people to, to find you out on the, the, the World Wide Web? Um, yeah, I guess I've been... Uh, I've been six. So I've been very active on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> so uh, at Ty Matthews, I guess Matthews has one T. Um, that's where I'm probably the most active. That'd be the, the spot to go. And uh, and if people like are interested in the space, like I would love to talk more about it because there's so much stuff, even like in the art side of things that we, you know, we didn't cover. Not saying that we should have, but like, you know, just I think also there's an interest in the Catholic stuff because it is, there's a lot of beauty that comes with it, whether it's like, you know, Tenebrae or, you know, there's all kinds of cool stuff. So anyway, anyway, all I'm saying is like, I want to geek out with that with more people, which is why I put the post out there in the first place. So like, yeah, hit me up on Twitter or, (laughs) you know. Absolutely. Awesome, Tyler. Well, thank you very much. And um, I'll drop those links down below. Awesome, man. Thanks. Thanks.